Hi, hi, hi. Today we are discussing nostalgia, but before we do that, I wanted to give you a very, very quick update on where I'm at right now. First of all, if you hear any shuffling in the background, some noises, um, my parents are currently uh, in the house and they're cleaning and running around the house like usual people would do at home. <laughs> so don't be distracted by that. If you hear anything, it's them. It's not somebody trying to kidnap me. <laughs> I'm safe. I'm still at home. Uh, I said it in the last two episodes, I think. I'm batch recording at the moment because I'm really scared of how much time I'm gonna have once I'm back at uni. Um, because currently my mood is not think about uni till I'm back or think about uni as little as possible because I do have to um, elect some seminars for my modules and stuff. But so far I've been doing quite good with just ignoring the fact that I have to go back. <laughs> and then once I'm there I can deal with everything because I usually spend like the last few days at home just absolutely being stressed and that is the hoover just going on. <laughs> like I said, they're cleaning. Anyway, um, just stressed and like not being able to chill and relax. But I want to change that and blissful ignorance is my way. So far it's been working, so that's nice. Um, anyway, I also have a few new plans for the podcast. I want to take you along on another journey of mine and all the deets will be dropped in a future episode. I plan on doing two episodes, like this one and another one, before I'm going to post the other episode and plan on doing once I'm back in Scotland, actually. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be really exciting. 2024 has been a rough start for me, but in a good way, because I think I started to realize a lot of things that were very important for me to realize. And I want to become a little bit more honest and open on the pod about my feelings, about the places I'm at at the moment. And I feel like I have not been as honest as I could have been or as I want it to be. So, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm going to change that uh, in a future episode. But for now, I just want to have a little chat about nostalgia but like culture phenomenons we don't talk about enough i feel like one major theme of this part that i introduced in the last year has just been talking about things nobody really talks about because they're important so nostalgia it is so why talking nostalgia because I think it's fun. <laughs> I was like reading an article about it and I was like, that is so cool. Didn't spend so much time thinking about the concept of it. And I think we should, we definitely should. <laughs> anyway, if you're confused, then stay tuned because I'm giving you a little bit of background information. And then as always, just chatting it away, just giving you my opinion. <laughs> Nostalgia is a term coined, or was a term coined, by the Swiss physician 
Johannes Hofer in 1688, quite a while ago. <laughs> and it used to be a medical condition related to homesickness. So basically the longing for one's motherland. So it has two essential features. So first of all, the desire to return home and the pain of being unable to. So it's not just about being homesick and then you're being able to go home, but you are homesick and you can't return home. And this was like a medical condition often seen in like sa sailors or soldiers and could be described basically as a variation of melancholia, um, which I think is also like a term people know. And like probably just a symptom of depression, you know, you're being really nostalgic, you're missing home, you're being really sad, you can't go, kind of like that, or something that could occur with depression, you know, when I'm thinking about, you know, people literally being in war zones and missing home so much and not knowing when they will return or if they'll ever be able to, so I don't know, I think now we don't really think about nostalgia as a medical condition but i like the idea that it used to be and that it used to be you know basically a form of an illness like homesickness or like a type of homesickness as a form of illness i find that super interesting <laughs> so used to be rather like i said psych psychiatric then neurological hard words here big girl words <laughs> Basically, nostalgia, I feel like when you think about it, you usually don't think about the medical aspect, but you think about like its role in literature, at least for me. But maybe that is just because I feel like I have the personality of a literature student. I'm not one, but I kind of feel like it. <laughs> and when I think about nostalgia in literature, I think about Homer's Odyssey, which is such a thing a literature student would say. <laughs> I've actually read that book or that play or whatever the form of text you're gonna call it. I don't know. And if you didn't, basic review. <laughs> it's about Odysseus. Oh, however you're gonna pronounce that in English. <laughs> or, I mean, it's a Greek name, so I don't even know how you pronounce that. And he is, you know, setting on, on a very long journey to return home after he won a war. And he constantly has to face so many obstacles that make it nearly impossible for him to return home. So basically, like, the gods are, like, kind of having, like, a bet going on. Like, Athena has a bet against Poseidon that he will not be able to return home. So Poseidon is, like, trying everything to, like, stop him if you rat Percy Jackson. <laughs> You might be familiar with that tale, uh, but maybe you're, you also read it. It's quite a famous story. I think most people know it. I know there used to be a children's show about that story. But yeah, basically he sets on this journey trying to return home and there's so many obstacles in the way and it takes him like, I think, 20 years to return home. And by the time he gets back, like his wife's super old and his son is like a grown up and he doesn't even recognize his own son because you've literally been away for 20 years and yeah i think what is really interesting in the story is that nostalgia here is not portrayed as a feeling of frustration or as basically limiting you know this voice and like him being really upset and sad and 
depressed that he can't get home but the nostalgia here is a form of painful motivation because he's not giving up because his nostalgia for home is so strong that he's trying everything to get back home. I think that's quite romantic. <laughs> that's why I like talking about nostalgia. Isn't that so lyrical? I don't know. And what we see here is personal nostalgia. So basically, feeling nostalgic for a place to return to that you know and you miss. But there's also historical nostalgia, which I think is even cooler. Or even more complex, but like, I've read that. Like, when I read the article and they were discussing it, it was like, whoa, mind blown. So this is basically missing something we have never experienced, we have never felt, but we can still feel it and we still want it. Um, this could be like a period in time. Like some people being like, I'm born in the wrong decade. You know, the idea of that and missing a time they've never experienced. That is in popular culture discussed in Midnight's in Paris, the nostalgia for the 1920s. But that can be anything, like anything. Like some people are like, I wish I was born in the 90s. <laughs> I think the 90s could have been cooler. When I think about the 90s, I think about Clueless and that is kind of an iconic time. But I was never born in the 90s. Still, I can go and be like, I wish I was there. And we basically create this desire for this period out of things other people experienced, you know, or like things that were reported from these times. Things we've been told by some other source, you know, when I'm saying, oh my god, the 90s looks so cool, Clueless, then I'm taking the movie Clueless that was made in the 90s and it's about, you know, basically 90s popular teen Hollywood culture. And I'm only looking that, but obviously the 90s are about so much more, as are the 1920s, for example. Wasn't there like a big plaque going on in the 1920s? <laughs> When we probably romanticize the 1920s, like in Midnight's in Paris, we don't think about that. We think about all the other aspects, you know, beautiful fashion, for example, the spirit, the clubs, you know, all of that. And we can create a desire for something, first of all, we can never ever experience. Like when we think about experience a period in time that just has passed. Or something we just simply don't know. Like, obviously, if I'm like, oh, I want to go to Paris. I've never been to Paris, but I want to go. I might feel nostalgic towards Paris. And I've never been there. But I could go. So that is a possibility. <laughs> um, I also feel like I'm sometimes feeling nostalgic for my own future. Like, when I, when I try to think about, like, what do I want to do with my life? What are things I want to have? Like, I'm thinking about my future home. And, you know, there's this feeling of nostalgia in me of being like, I miss this. Like, I want it. I'm longing for it. I'm longing for the cat I'm going to have in the future. Just an example. Like, the journeys I'm going to go on. The books I'm going to read. Like, you know, I think that's such a cool concept. Like, thinking about what the human mind is able to do. Like, we are able to create a longing for things we've never felt we never experienced and that longing can be so dominant like let's just think the whole concept of manifestation is about 
manifesting something into your life that you don't already have but that you're longing for this that you're nostalgic for what i think is really interesting for nostalgia and can happen on both levels like on a personal or historic level of nostalgia is that once you get the thing you're desiring you know your desire can still be unfulfilled because it's not the desired outcome let's think about odysseus you know, he, he always longs to return home, but the idea he has of his own home is a different one than when he arrives, because all of this time has passed and people have changed, you know, his son grow up, he doesn't even recognize his own son. So what could happen is that he gets disappointed because it's not the home that he longed for. So even though he was able to return home, he might be unsatisfied. And the same thing in heaven, like, I might end up going to Paris and be, like, uh, underwhelmed and be like, okay, yeah, I'm here, I always wanted to go, but it's not, like, what I imagined. Because in that example, I have not experienced it. But, you know, obviously, I can also, like, I feel like we all know this, is that we are painting something out to be, and, like, then we get there and we're like, okay, yeah, now, now I have it, now what? And I feel like also that is happening with like every time like I'm coming closer to a semester break, I'm like, oh, I'm so excited to go home and I am, but then I might get there and be like, okay, now I'm home. Okay, cool. Although I'm always super excited for the first few days, like that is like I'm thriving. And I do think I did spend my time home quite well because sometimes you're like, oh, I'm doing all of these cool things once I'm home and then you do nothing of it. I think this time I really did do a lot of things and that's great but just so you know (laughs) what I mean um we end up like disappointing ourselves by having too high expectations or having wrong expectations or even having the right expectations if we already know a place but still get disappointed crazy crazy another example London I love London oh my god that is a magical city it is crazily hustly bustly but it's magical. I don't know. I think there is a magic about London. Might be one in Paris because that is what so many people are saying. Never been, can't tell. But every time I've been in London, I was able to like feel the magic and I was not able to feel it like that in another place. There also has not been a place I've returned to that many times that's not my home. Like I said, I think I've been in London like four times and every time magical the first time i ever visited i was like i literally said i want to live there then i went back with my parents i remember and i I never cried i swear i never cried leaving a holiday destination but that time i literally cried because i didn't want to want to leave and then i was on a class trip there and that was also so cool like that was one of my favorite class trips we ever did and we went sailing once oh stakes are high I mean, London is a pretty high stake. It's pretty incredible. And then I went, you know, in October with my parents again, 2023. And I was honestly really scared because I haven't been for years by that point. And I was like, what if, like, I don't want to like it? Because, like, I knew how that magic feels. And I was like, what if it's gone? Like, what if I'm destroying the image I have of London for good now? Um... I've already kind of known the city, we've already done all the most popular things, you know, is there even something left there? 
up I went and I still was able to feel the magic and I was like okay yeah and like I was in London I was like I don't want to live here because it's too busy it's too full too many people I'm gonna go insane if I would live in that city and I would probably go end up hurting the tourists like not murdering them but just hurting them because they're everywhere and it's oh it's so full it's crazy but the city oh my god oh my god I love it so so much I know I'm fangirling so much about it but it's just for me it's such a magical place and I don't know like after we went there my mom was like okay now we don't have to return to London because like now we really really did so many things and I looked at it and was like I'm definitely coming back it's so cool and even if you already seen like or did all the popular things or the touristy things or whatever don't even think we did all of them because I'm not going in the dungeon I'm oh god I'm too scared for that but you know just walking the streets you know checking out the cute cafes just being in London is an experience so I also really like that we already did all of the touristy things so we could just walk through London and experience it that way and just do whatever. My personal favorite I think from the trip was Chelsea and just walking around Chelsea. It's like such a posh neighborhood. Really cool. <laughs> uh, anyway, we just be fangirling about London. Um, example of how, you know, a desire was fulfilled. <laughs> but returning to um, the actual point, unfulfilled desire, that term is kind of called platonic paradox. Just a little smart wordy to throw in here. So like I said, you have a desire, it end up, ends up coming through, and you're unsatisfied. Uh, that might appear when you put the desire on a wrong place or an object. And it's not giving you, like, what you thought it would. So, like I said, to our expectations. Kind of just repeating myself here. I also think we as human are just too quickly to just get something. We, like, could have wanted that for literally 10 years. We get it. And we immediately go, I have it now. Next. And move on. And so many people talked about it as being, like, living in the moment, not appreciating it. But we do this so quickly and it comes so natural like we get somewhere and we're just like next and I I've recognized that so much within myself I think the best example is studying in Scotland I've wanted this for not all my life but for so long since I was 11 years old which by now is 10 years I mean I've been studying there for one and a half years by now oh my god time oh god I was passing so quickly but I wanted this I wanted this and I was so excited once I got it and you know because I found out I was going to study there basically a few months before I was leaving so I was keeping up like the excitement for so long and then when I got there I was really excited as well and it took a little bit of a while to wear off so it was not that I wasn't appreciating it but I still always had that lurking feeling of being like on okay yeah I got it so I have to move on to new desire I have to move on to a new thing and I so quickly didn't even give myself the appreciation of achieving that desire of like making that desire come true like for myself it was just like okay we did it moving on and I was like why did I not take the time to really appreciate what happened here I do think that I was also, what also happened is that my desire wasn't 100% fulfilled because I had all of these grand expectations 
and obviously I, I couldn't know what to expect because I've never been in that place and I never studied abroad and you know I never lived in that country before and so how would I know and then obviously things turn out different which doesn't mean that it's necessarily bad but I would say and I've been struggling with admitting that not to myself but to others because I always fear I don't know people's reaction when I say but I do like I'm not satisfied like I'm not like I love what I study like I can literally say that the place I'm staying at I don't love and there were so many things like I wanted and that sounds so needy because honestly like I am so grateful for everything and for the opportunity and I appreciate that all but I am not 100% happy with the situation I think I said that before but I just need to admit it and like every time I talk to other people and they know how much I want it it's like oh that's so cool you've got it come true living your dream and I'm like it doesn't feel like it because it's not the dream that I had I'm living I'm living the real life version but it's like not the same you know and I feel so scared to admitting it because I feel like I would admit that I'm like made the wrong decision which it wasn't I think it was the right decision because I needed to do it I needed to know that I could do it and I needed to make that dream come true because otherwise I would have been so much more unhappy in a different place because I would have always asked myself what if so I'm glad that I'm where I'm at and I'm glad for all that that experience is going to bring to me and I'm already kind of giving you an interlude into a little yeah a little journey I'm gonna start like I was already saying at the start of the episode in 2024 with this podcast something I'm gonna take you along with um so yeah stay tuned for that but anyway I'm just trying to be honest here like I said I want to be more honest in the pot but that is okay you can admit it if something isn't perfect if your nostalgia wasn't fulfilled as human and it's cool and like once again I don't want to be sounding like ungrateful I'm not I'm really appreciative but I also need to be honest and say not everything is picture perfect and yeah I think I've been talking about this loads but it's not like I'm just in an in-between I don't feel like my place is in Sterling uh, but I'm still gonna stay there for the next few years uh, to finish my studies so I'm in a bit of a wee 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 space <laughs> anyway back to nostalgia and other reasons why it is I think very important for us and really cool thing to chat about uh, next to the fact that there are so many stories we can all share if you have your own personal experience with nostalgia you want to share please hit me up like all my socials are linked in the show notes and you can just drop me uh, a private message and I would just love to hear so yeah that would be really cool anyway what I think we learned is that imagination plays like a huge role for nostalgia but imagination also plays a huge role in general in society because we without it so there were so many things we couldn't do like we literally couldn't make movies out of things like that are not true like I always get so impressed when I see what some people just came up with like that is insane like what our brain is possible with like all of these different characters like creating whole new species creating a whole new world that is so impressive and letting us experience them and like that 
the talent humans have like that is crazy like you can make up a story in your head you can create a whole new universe a whole new world whole new species and make it plausible and make it make sense to other people and make them experience what you made up well human minds (laughs) insane i think that's so cool and that also plays like i said huge huge role here in nostalgia and that is also how nostalgia can be used and was used as a political propaganda tool and it's so powerful because think about how you can use the nostalgia the longing for people for something they're missing they're not having or they used to have but they can't have right now to utilize them for your own like for your own not i don't want to say good just for your own sake like for whatever you want to achieve with that crazy and we need to be aware that's what i'm always saying we need to be aware of these things and how they can be used against that and that this is happening because otherwise you might not be aware that right now the natural nostalgia you might have for something a desire can be instrumentalized against you or not necessarily against you but for someone else's sake and they're using you so stay there nostalgia is not only just romantic and poetic and a part of literature a part of imagination it is a real thing and it can become dangerous as so many things and i think that's always really sad because when i think about nostalgia i think about it as this very beautiful part of us part of the human experience and then it can be turned around and used very drastically against us i think (laughs) So to wrap nostalgia up, I think what we learned is that it involves both pain and joy. It is beautiful, but it's also very painful, very, can hurt so badly. Bittersweet. I love the word bittersweet and the experience of life being bittersweet. Life is bittersweet. Nostalgia is life. I'm going insane over here. But it can also, you know, increase motivation, optimism, and creativity, plus pro-social behavior, even though it is not the most positive feeling. You know, when you think about how you long for something you know you can't have, like, in the moment, that is, like I said, painful. But the motivation of getting there and having it and thinking about a future where you're having it, that is what motivates you and what you know, it's the positive aspect of it. How beautiful. And that's all I have for today. I hope it was fun listening to me having a conversation about nostalgia. Please join in the conversation anytime you want. Like I said, everything's linked in the show notes. And I hope this was insightful. Yay, this was so fun recording. I hope you had fun listening. I love just sharing my thoughts on random topics with you and i hope you're still enjoy listening i'm so grateful for you literally being here i hope you're feeling wonderful i hope you had a fun time listening and you're gonna have a fun rest of your day whatever time it might be maybe you're going to bed now but then have a good night's rest i wish you all the best and i hope you're gonna be back next week maybe that would be really really cool tag along on the journey with me and stay young confused and well read love you loads bye bye